Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Thursday, September the 21st, 2023 at 11.06 a.m. Central Time. Now, before I get to today's focus, before I tell you what we're going to be focusing on for today, and this is going to be one of those situations where I am calling all of my researchers, all of my theological detectives, I'm going to call us all together and see what we can find and what we can do and researching and investigating and see if we can find a definitive answer. Okay, I I think I, I am definitely going to need your help. So make sure you have a notebook, something to write with so that you know the case that I'm about to give you. All right. Are you ready to do a little research today? A little bit of a theological investigation? I hope so. But before we get to that, I have to take just a couple of seconds. Well, more than a couple of seconds. I'll take a minute or two out of your time for a friendly reminder. As you are very aware, or you should be very aware, that all of our content here for the Theology Central podcast, all of our content, which is thousands and thousands of hours of content, it is freely available on every podcasting platform on earth. It is also available at theologycentral.net. It is also available on the Church One app, the Sermons 2.0 app, and the Sermon Audio website. All of that is freely available to you. It's not behind a paywall. There are no commercials. There's no ads. There's no sponsors. It's just you hit play and there it is. There is the content and it's yours to download, listen, stream, and it's available 24-7. However, you should know this. It may be free for you, but it is not free for us to make it available to you on all of those platforms. Just recently, I received the bill for our podcasting hosting site, which is Spreaker, which makes it available on all of those different podcasting apps. That was $120. That's $120 a month. To be on the Sermons 2.0 app, Church One app, Sermon Audio website, that's $50 a month. To be at uh, theologycentral.net, that's basically another $20 a month. You can start adding it up. So if, if, if you find our content even just a little bit helpful, just a little bit, please consider supporting us in some way, shape, or form. You can do so, theologycentral.net, hit the donate tab. If you're using the Church One app, hit the give tab. Or if you're using uh, the Sermons 2.0 app, look up Theology Central, hit the give tab. Sermon Audio website, look up Theology Central, hit the give tab. And we appreciate anything you can do. And I mean that no matter how small, because it's always beneficial and helpful. And not only that, it's encouraging to open up my email and saying, so-and-so just gave five dollars. That's just an encouragement for someone saying, hey, I think your content is worth something and I would help like to support it so that it will be available for people all around the world. All right. I'm sorry that I have to take time to do that every once in a while. But yes, uh, all of the platforms, prices go up and they go up and it costs more and more money for us to to make it available to everyone. So sometimes we have to at least let everyone know. All right. Thank you. Now, Let's do what we do best here. Let's get to the content. Are you ready? Okay. For your focus today, for today's focus, I want you to consider Proverbs 22, 28. Proverbs 22, 28. Very familiar verse. You may have it memorized. 
I, I think I was told to memorize this multiple times in my Christian life, and I've heard plenty of sermons from it. Proverbs twenty two twenty eight. We read these very familiar words, right? This is your today's focus. Proverbs twenty two twenty eight. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Now, please note, it says, remove not the ancient land mark, singular. It does not say, remove not the ancient land marks, which typically when preachers grab this text or people writing a devotional, uh, it almost, or a Christian book, it almost turns into landmarks, plural, not landmark. Something just to consider. Remove not the ancient landmark, which thy fathers have set. Now, here is your today's focus. Are you ready? Can you identify the ancient landmark that they were not to remove? Can you, can you identify it specifically? Now, if you listen to preachers, you've probably heard a lot of sermons like this. The ancient landmarks have been removed and we need to restore those ancient landmarks. They remove the ancient landmark of revival. They remove the ancient landmark of gospel preaching. They remove the ancient landmark of preaching on hell and judgment. They remove the ancient landmark of God's holiness. They, they, they remove the ancient landmark of, uh, of attending church, whatever the case may be. Be, and the pastor can just add anything he wants at any time. Uh, they remove the ancient landmark of, of godly standards. I mean, I've heard sermon after sermon after sermon on these things. And the preacher can just make it. He can just add any three, four, five points he wants and say, those are the ancient landmark or marks. I almost always do plural that have been removed. But is that really the ancient landmark that's being talked about in Proverbs? Is he's talking about they've removed the ancient Moral standards. Is that what he's referring to? Well, what's actually being spoken of there? Have you ever done any research to identify it? Now, I would, I would challenge you to do a couple of things today on the Sermons 2.0 app or the Sermon Audio website. Do a search for ancient landmark or landmarks and see how many sermons you find. And just li and just listen to three or four. I don't even know how many sermons there are. I haven't, I haven't done a search for them. I'm assuming there's hundreds. Do a search and just start skimming them if you need to and just see how they, how they identify, how they define the landmark or, or again, they most always go with plural, the landmarks. And I want you to, and, and please, by all means, email me and say, I listened to this sermon, this sermon, this sermon, and this sermon. Here's how they, how they define the landmark slash landmarks. They made it plural and, or they may, let, maintained a singular understanding of landmark. And this is how they defined it. L listen for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself and then ask yourself, is that really the idea? I mean, cause look, it tells us or proverb, whoever reads Proverbs, remove not the ancient landmark, which thy fathers have set. And when it says thy fathers, clearly this has an Israel, an Israel connotation, a connection, right? I mean, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't that seem to scream at you? This is for the Jews and deals with Israel. So then what landmark was Israel not to remove? I think we first have to, like anyone who would have, the original recipients of Proverbs, if they would have read Proverbs twenty two twenty eight, remove not the ancient landmark, which thy fathers have set. It's assumed, obviously, that the readers will know which landmark they're being talked about. 
Now, I don't care how clever a pastor comes along and makes those land, that landmark landmarks and turn them into anything they want them to be. It doesn't change what it actually is talking about. So what is the ancient landmark? Now, in front of me is the September the 1st, 2023 issue of the Sword of the Lord newspaper right here. And again, I keep telling everyone, go to swordofthelord.com and subscribe to the Sword of the Lord newspaper just for historical purposes, right? Subscribe for one year so that each, every time you open up your mailbox, you know, there's a new actual physical newspaper. You can show your kids, hey, this is called a newspaper, right? Back in the olden days, this is how people got their news, And the Sword of the Lord decided to use that kind of concept of a newspaper for sermons and devotional material. And, oh, yeah, there's news in here as well. But but there you go. So I always say that. But here's the September the 1st issue. It's sitting right here on my table, right? And at the the top part, you have the articles. And if you flip it over because it's folded in half, if I flip it over, this is what I read. Those old-fashioned ways, please know ways is plural, not the old-fashioned way, those old-fashioned ways as in plural. And immediately, guess what it ha- guess what it quotes? Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Now, I just find that f- funny that those old-fashioned ways, plural, And then immediately quotes a verse that refers to the ancient quote-unquote way as a landmark, not landmarks. Just look, it may not, it may not be significant. I may be making too much out of that. And I understand. Remember today's focus. I try to hand you something to focus on, something for you to work on throughout the day. All right. So this is what I want you to work on today. Okay. Where I need, I need my, where are my theological investigators? I need my theological detectives. We have, this is, this is almost a hermeneutical exercise. How do we identify that landmark? Now, what we typically do is start grabbing commentaries, right? I'm going to give you some steps in which to try to identify those landmarks, all right? But here we go. Let's read a little bit of this. You ready? Here we go. As you know, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It is a compilation of wise sayings from the days of Solomon. It is compiled by the wisest man of the Bible. Um, uh, it is compiled by the wisest man of the Bible other than the Lord Jesus, King Solomon. Now, we could talk a lot about him being so-called the wisest man of the Bible, considering he was a serial adulterer and a, a polygamist. Okay, but okay, we and and he turned out to be an idolater. Okay, but okay, but I, I digress. I digress. I just always find it funny how like if someone was alive today, right, and he had that many women, that many wives, not only a polygamist, clearly a serial adulterer. I mean, he's he's got woman after uh, women after women. I mean, one woman after another woman. He's got women plural. We wouldn't be saying, hey, kids, see that guy over there sitting in that in the front pew? That's the wisest man who ever. Hey, we would be like, don't even get near him. But yet here we are uh, looking at the book he wrote. So, I mean, I don't know. You, you can we could have all kinds of conversations about that. But here we go. 
these verses, now it says verses plural, do not necessarily hinge upon one another. Now he's referring to the book of Proverbs. Now it's true. In the book of Proverbs, one verse does not necessarily hinge upon the other verse, right? They're not always interconnected. Sometimes it's one quote unquote wise saying, then another wise saying, and the two are not always linked together. Sometimes, but most of the time, I don't, I don't know if I can say most. Many times it is not. I think that's a fair way to say it. But let's see what he has to say here. These verses do not necessarily hinge upon one another. Almost every verse is a saying within itself. Okay, he says almost every verse. And the he here is Dr. Tom, the late Dr. Tom Malone. All right. And if you're an, ever was an, if you were an independent fundamental Baptist, you probably know the name Dr. Tom Malone. I heard that name frequently when um, I attended an independent fundamental Baptist church in Papillion, Nebraska. All right, so here we go. One of those tremendous sayings, all right, so almost every verse is a saying within itself. One of those tremendous sayings is in Proverbs twenty two twenty eight. Remember not the ancient, I'm sorry, remember not, remove not, I'm, I'm sorry, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. This verse is amplified in two or three other verses in the word of God. Now, let's stop right here. That's interesting. He's saying that there's, he says two or three. So I don't know if he's going to give us three or going to give us two, but he at least, there's at least two other verses he feels that amplifies Proverbs 22, 28. Remove not the ancient landmark, which thy fathers have said. So he thinks that there's two or maybe three other verses that are at least amplify, somehow connected, uh, clarifies. Now, if I was at church right now, I would stop because this is the way I do church, which is different than I know all the other churches, but I would stop and go, okay, guys, where are, what are the other two or three verses? Look for it right now. Ever, talk to your neighbor. Look, just grab whatever tool you want. Find me what you would think. Because we would want to do some cross-referencing. And you say, well, how would I do a cross-reference? You could look up the word landmark. How many times does the word landmark appear in your Bible? How many times? Well, do those verses amplify Proverbs 22, 28? Do they clarify? Do they identify what the landmark is? Now, we're going we're gonna to read and see what verses he pulls into this conversation. You ready? Here we go. So, he says one of those tremendous sayings, all right, one of the tremendous sayings in the book of Proverbs is in Proverbs twenty two twenty eight, which reads, Remove not the ancient landmark, which thy fathers have said. This verse is amplified in two or three other verses in the word of God. For instance, in Deuteronomy 19, 14, we read, Thou shall not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance. Oh, there's a landmark. Here, you're not to remove your neighbor's landmark. Once again, though, please note, it's not plural, it's singular. I'm making a big deal out of that. It may turn out not to be significant, but everyone always preached these sermons about don't remove the ancient landmarks, plural, and then they just make them up. And then even in this, the title of this is those old-fashioned ways, plural. But twice now, 
In Proverbs 22, 28, remove not the ancient landmark, singular. Deuteronomy 19, 14, thou shall not remove thy neighbor's landmark, singular. All right. So those are, those are two passages that if they're linked together, the landmark, whatever it is, you have the neighbor's landmark, you have the ancient landmark. But whatever the landmark is in these two passages, they're not to be removed. So what are they referring to? What are they? Re- are they referring to old fashioned revival, old fashioned Bible preaching? I mean, I've heard so many sermons using this that it's just. I, if you would have asked me when I was a young Christian what the landmark landmarks were, I would have started just. I would have just started throwing those things out as if that's what. Proverbs and Deuteronomy was talking about. Now, let's see what he's getting ready to do here, because I think he may offer what these actually were in their historical context. Let's see if he's getting ready to do that. Are you ready? Here we go. I quote again from those old fashioned ways, the September 1st issue of Sword of the Lord by the late Dr. Tom Malone. Here we go. Here is what God is saying. The, this land please note, land, belongs to Father. It will one day belong to you. It is bounded by those ancient landmarks. Now, he is now, he makes it plural. He he now makes it landmarks. But here, but he's, please note, these landmarks that he's now referring to are literal landmarks. Literal land, literal landmarks. Oh boy, I wonder if all of the sermons we've heard have been uh, massively misleading. Let's see here. Let's see what he's going to do here. All right. He goes, it is bounded by by these ancient landmarks, one to the south, one to the north, one to the east, and one to the west. These landmarks tell what belongs to you. They transcribe, as it were, the possessions that are to become yours. In other words, the land, there were landmarks showing this is where the land is. And one day it will be your inheritance because God promised you this land. Don't remove the landmark or landmark. So I guess if you're in one area, don't remove the landmark, I guess near you, therefore singular, or just all the landmarks are considered one landmark because they all accomplish one purpose, marking out the land. But you're not to remove that landmark. This has nothing to do with old-fashioned preaching, old-fashioned standards, or anything else preachers say. This was literal landmarks, literal landmark, literally marking out land. Okay. That seems to be what it's referencing. Now, you you can test. You don't have to believe this. Remember today's focus. I, I give you the hypotheses. You can work to see if it's true or false. All right, here we go. Now, this is how, he, this is what he describes as what was happening. What sometimes would happen was that people would slip out in the night. Here would be this large stone That is a boundary between your land and the neighbor's land. This person would move that stone maybe an inch or two. He would wait a few weeks, maybe even a few months. Then he would move it another inch or two. He would wait a while and move it another inch or two, gaining all the time some of his neighbor's property inch by inch. Gradually over time, the ancient landmarks established an honesty decency and sincerity were removed. So he's saying these were actual a landmark marking actual land. 
And the reason the people had to constantly be told not to move them or remove them, it was an attempt to gain land. It was an attempt to get, it showed selfishness, dishonesty, deceit, greed, covetousness. Now, have you ever, have you ever been taught that? Now, some of you may have gone to good churches and you were taught this. Some of you may have never even, sadly, some of you probably read Proverbs 22, 28, never even bothered to explore what it meant. But we need to figure out today once and for all. I do appreciate he's, he's offering possible good historical background here. Now, he says, what a picture of what has happened in what you might call the religious world today. The ancient landmarks have been removed. Now, he does give us the historical setting and immediately he's going to take it and go, okay, we're going to make this a picture. Now, you can argue, is that an acceptable thing to do or not an acceptable thing to do? Can we take this reality that's being talked about, very literal landmarks like stones, literal land, and that's what it's referring to and say, this is a picture about what's going on in the religious world today. Is that, do you think that's acceptable? Some may say yes, some may say no. Let's see what he does here. He says, sometimes people say, uh, well, we believe, well, we believe in things new, but there really is not anything new. Then he quotes Ecclesiastes 1.9, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun, Ecclesiastes 1.9. I read that, and though I know that's true, I read that, and though I know that's true, there is no new thing under the sun. I begin thinking, well, what about the airplanes and flying? When I was a boy, every once in a while, a little bi-winged airplane would come and land in the uh, field. The old country people, if they could afford it and, uh, and were not too scared, would be given a ride. Now, you can get on an airplane that holds several hundred people and it will take you through the air at almost 600 miles an hour. You say, preacher, that's new. Now he's going to get into this whole what's new, what's not new. All right, fine. That's okay. Uh, he goes on to say, no, it's not really. It, if it is a man defying the law of gravity, he has always done that. That, uh, that man in ancient days that swung on a vine from one side of the creek to the other through the air with his body. That weighs more than the air. Defy the law of gravity. That is all flying is. So he's, he's got to try to somehow show that when it says there's nothing new, that nothing is really new. Be okay, all right. You, whether that's something he needed to do in the sermon, we could, we could argue about that. Now let's go to page six. I got to jump to page six here in the newspaper. If you remember how newspapers work. That's... <laughs> It's always like, wait, the rest of the story is 15 pages away from where it started. Okay, all right, here we go. All right. The, uh, now, he goes, that man had discovered, uh, that man has discovered where the possibility has always been. There is nothing new under the sun. Okay. We, we, we could get into a whole discussion about that. Fine. Um, he's going to, he spends a lot of time talking about what's new. He's, I'm not going to read all of this. He spends a lot of time talking about that. Um, okay, here we go. There are, I'm just going to jump in here. Oh, oh, well, okay. 
I almost want to jump down because you're going to meet. We're going to immediately see exactly where this is going. We're going to immediately see where this is going. But I'll just jump down right here. He says, there are some things that no one will ever improve upon. You will never improve upon the standard set forth in the word of God for Christian living. It has never changed. The Bible has never moved. The ancient landmark has never given inch. The standards of the God set for Christian living hundreds and thousands of years ago are still appropriate for today. It is like the man who would slip out at night and move the landmark a little bit here and a little bit there. Such has been the case in the matter of Christian standards in our day and time. They have been moved. This is happening in churches all across America. God said, walk in the old ways and you'll have rest for your souls. Many thousands, yet millions of religious people have moved the landmark bit by bit and inch by inch. They are saying, we will not walk in the old paths. I would like to give you what I believe to be seven ancient landmarks that we have seen that have been removed through the years. Now, immediately you see what he did. Now, he did give us the historical setting, the historical reality. And I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that, that these were actual, uh, an actual landmark marking actual land. And they were not to remove those trying to gain new land or whatever the case may be. There was a land marked out. That's what the land was supposed to be. That was your inheritance. Don't, don't remove the landmarks because this shows you the land that God is going to give you. All right. And they, they violated that over and over and over in whichever way. Now, how exactly did it play out? You can, you can read numerous sources and see what you can find, but we need to understand it in its literal historical setting. That's what we need. Now, once we find out the reality of it, then I, I, I have to, we have to ask ourselves, what can we do with that? Can I go, oh, wait, wait, guys, 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 guys. Okay, that is a wonderful historical fact. But now what this refers to is, here are the landmarks we are not to remove. But who set these landmarks? For Let, let, me, let me give you all the ones he identifies. I'm not going to read about each one. I'm just going to mention each one. Here we go. Landmark number one, according to him, is the landmark of personal piety. Number two. The landmark of paternal example. Please note, he's going to make all these start with a P, it appears. So the first one is the landmark of personal piety. The second one is the landmark of paternal example. The third one, hang on, I got to turn the page here. Pages. The next one is found on page nine. It is the landmark of periodical revival. All right. The landmark of periodical revival. The next one is the landmark of powerful preaching. The next one is the landmark of peaceful living. And let me see. Is there one more? And then the landmark of productive prayer. And then the landmark of prophetic hope. Those are the landmarks he identifies that we are not to remove. Now, please note that, that, that Proverbs twenty two twenty eight has nothing to do with those landmarks, has zero to do with those landmarks. It's not talking about those landmarks. It's not referring to those landmarks in any way, shape, or form. When it, and in Deuteronomy, it's not referring to that. It's referring to literal landmark, marking literal land. Now, can I come along as a preacher and go, all right, guys, 
Here are the landmarks. And then I just identify the landmarks. It's the landmark of powerful preaching, of prophetic hope, of, you know, personal prayer or, or persistent prayer or all the different ones he talked about. Piety, you know, paternal example, all the different ones he, he referred to. Those, can you do that? Is that acceptable? Is that acceptable? Now, I, I do admire the fact that at least he acknowledged what this landmark was in its actual historical setting, what it literally was. But he left that quickly. He gave that information and then he was done. And then he took off. Boom. Now, I don't know how, if we were timing it out, I would assume if, let's say it was a 50 minute sermon, 40 minutes was dedicated to this other thing. 40 minutes of it was dedicated to all of these other landmarks that have nothing to do with Proverbs 22, has nothing to do with Deuteronomy. Nothing, nothing at all. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to look up as number, as many sources as you can, ancient landmark, look up commentaries, study Bibles, see if they identify what these landmarks were, landmark was, and if it's true that that's what people were doing, they were basically going out in the middle of the night, moving the rock a little bit by a little bit so that they could gain property and they could gain land. If that's what they were doing, then we understand it. But then I really want you to think about it. I really want you to think about it. Now, I know the average person sitting in the pew, if they just, if they're like, oh, that's true. We don't, we need to, we don't need to remove that landmark. And if you agree with all the landmarks, right? If you agree with all the landmarks your pastor is listing, listen, uh, you know, they, they list in their sermon, you probably won't even question it. You probably won't even get mad. Now, if you disagree with one of the landmarks, he says, then you'll be like, well, it's, that's, it's, it's not even, the Bible was not even talking about that. It was talking about, then all of a sudden you'll get worried about what it actually means. It's weird how pre, uh, how Christians will do that. If you agree with it, you don't really care, right? You're like, yeah, who cares? what the original landmark was. This is so true. We need to get back to this landmark. But if all of a sudden it's a landmark your pastor suggests you don't agree with, then you'll be like, that's not what the passage says. Then all of a sudden you'll be concerned about hermeneutics. Isn't it weird how our personal preference sometimes determines how we want to interpret a passage? That's not the way it should work. So your today's focus. I want you to I want you to t- test this hypothesis and figure out what the ancient landmark actually was and how it was actually being removed. I've given you a hypothesis put forth by Dr. Tom Malone. I think, I think it's at least one that attempts to get us back to the original context. Once you have identified what that is, then I need you to just really ask yourself, do you think that's okay to do in preaching? Hey guys, here's what this landmark actually was, but I'm going to take it I'm going to take it and I'm going to turn it into a picture of the landmark landmarks that we should have within Christianity and show how millions of Christians have removed these landmarks and we've got to get back and reestablish them. We need to get back to periodical revival, personal prayer, prophetic hope, a personal piety, paternal example. I don't remember all of them. Um, and, and if, do you think that that's okay? Do you think that's okay? I remember uh, one pastor saying the the uh, we need to get back to the the uh, ancient landmark of godly music, and then he went on a thirty minute rant about music and how you're listening to the wrong kind of music. Of course, you know 
whatever. And it's just it was just his own, really his own personal preference that he just doesn't like any kind of music that's, I guess, not Southern gospel or him. But he he gets to decide the standard for music, but calling it an ancient landmark. See, that's the problem with doing this. It preaches good. The problem is it's the pastor establishing what the landmark is. He said, well, he could go to the Bible, but does the Bible refer to these other things as landmarks? Now you could say they serve the same. I, I don't know. Like on one hand, I don't want to say it's wrong to do it because I know that makes for some good preaching. But on the other hand, it so obliterates the actual meaning of the text. I mean, if I was to preach a sermon, hey, this is what they were doing. Now, to me, what would be the, if, if, let's say literally this is true, that what he said is true, they were going out in the middle of the night, moving the landmark so that they could gain more and more land. Would not this, then the application be you not doing things in a deceitful way for your own personal gain and, and defrauding a neighbor or, or someone? This goes against loving your neighbor. This goes about covetousness and greed and deceit. Would that not be the actual application? There you go. All right, I'm going to close the paper. I want you to think about it. I want you to email me what you find. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Today's focus is very simple. Can you identify what the ancient landmark was or landmarks? How were they being removed? What is the actual historical understanding and its historical context of Proverbs twenty two twenty eight and in Deuteronomy, where these land, look up all the places where landmark or landmarks are being used. Look at all the cross references. You can look up the actual Hebrew word for landmark there. You can do that as well. See what you can find. Check commentaries. Do a Google search. Find as many articles. Once you find out exactly what was happening, then I want you to determine. You let me know. Do you think that's an acceptable use of that? Or do you think pastors are really abusing the text? You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. And that is your today's focus for Thursday, September the 21st, 2023.